Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. So one question I have just that might help clear up to some of this, because there's so many, I mean, there's the, the subtypes and then you have your wings. So there, we, we're just touching the surface, but I think I've just decided, I've always said I'm a three wing three because I didn't identify with either of the wings that I was like, I, I don't have a wing. I'm just three, three, three through and through. But the more I've studied the four, I think that's the part that I didn't understand about myself. And so I think I, I have to claim that is that I would probably be a wing four. So Ashley, seven, what's your wing that you claim? I'm a six, six wing. So the loyalist, um, the worry wart. <laughs> so I can worry about things quite a bit and foresee danger very easily. Yeah. So, but I'm loyal to death with friends. Like I, I want to stick by them and I want, I value friendship very highly and, and family, of course. So that's where I tend to go. And that makes sense too. If, if like how you said, feeling misunderstood that you would be flaky. It's like, if you're, if you right. have a wing six, there's no way you'd be flaky. You'd be right. Dead. So that makes right. total sense. What about for you, Rachel, your eight wing? Um, I just changed my thoughts on what I am. I used to think I was a seven. <laughs> I was really fun. And surely I don't like that nines cower in the face of conflict. And so that would never be me. Uh, however, I've decided that I'm sure a nine. My whole life, I kind of functioned as the uh, peacekeeper in my home. You know, I'd have parents conflict or brothers conflict or all of my aunts conflict. <laughs> and so I would often just say, you know, here's this perspective. Can we understand that they have this perspective even though, so that was kind of my role growing up as a kid. And so I think that that's more my natural, my natural instinct. I am fun though. So I'm like a seven. <laughs> I was gonna say, Rachel is very multidimensional. She <laughs> is the most fun person to hang out with. That's why I've always been like, are you sure you're not a seven? Cause right. she is like- as my husband, as my husband, he will tell you I could be a fun sucker, like real bad. <laughs> I'm like, no, the things that have to get done. Why would we go waste time? Well, and I listen to Ian Cron's typology podcast. That's where I've learned most of my Enneagram from. And the thing he says is like a bird has two wings. They need both to fly. And so you you could one shows up more and it's more obvious, but most likely you reflect both wings. So yeah. I thought that was helpful of that, that you need both to fly as a bird. Yeah, so that's good. To the Enneagram as well. So this we've kind of talked through already. So I want to see if you have anything to add, but are there things about your Enneagram type that don't seem to fit you? We've talked about feeling misunderstood. I was thinking about this question and I went and read, you know, the description of a three again. I was just like, I just want to look for a word or a sentence. And again, I said, I'm three through and through. So I could not find one until they said threes are often the class president and the homecoming queen. And I was like, I was neither, but I wanted to be both. So <laughs> I wanted a bad and I tied for class president and then lost the tiebreaker. It was heart. It was a heartbreaking day for me. <laughs> and then a homecoming queen. It's like, you have to, that I think 
the part that didn't make sense to me about that is that you've got to really be people oriented. And I was academic oriented. I was like, how can I be the best and be in first place? And so I don't think people saw me as relatable or the, it, I, I see the homecoming queen as who's most people's friends. I mean, yes, they look up to a homecoming queen as someone they admire, but a little more relational. And I just was not, I was very yeah. focused on the tasks of school. But what about for you, Ashley, as a seven, are there things about your Enneagram type that don't seem to fit you? You said the, the flaky part. Yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense. I think I can be pretty driven when I'm, when I'm in the mood to be <laughs> um, like when it comes to school recently, I just got my master's and I did better than ever. Like I just worked really, really, really hard. So I do have a competitive side to me too, where I, I think I want, if I'm going to do something, I really want to be really good at it. So I don't know if that really fits in with the sevens. Um, but to me, that's fun. The the competitive drive, like even with workout classes or biking or whatever, it's like, okay, what are they doing? I want to be better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So maybe that's the eight wing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, that's awesome. What about for yeah. you, Rachel? Anything about your type that doesn't seem to fit you? Yeah, the the fear of vulnerability, I think, is something a lot of people mm -hmm. believe about AIDS, that they don't want people to know their weaknesses. But I think, I don't know if this is just Jesus changing me or if this is who I am anyway, but I really want to strive to be better. And so I want people to know my weaknesses so they can call me out and I can change. So a lot of times... Uh, AIDS are known to not, I don't cry very often, that's true, but um, they're just known not to talk about weaknesses. But I, if I can, like trusted people in my life, I have a lot of uh, very amazing people in my life. Ashley Unziger is one of them. But it's just, I want you to say, because I desire truth above all else, I want you to say truthfully, what do you see? What weaknesses of mine do you have? I want you to call me out. And if you don't, I will actually feel upset. <laughs> I feel like you're lying to me and just fluffing yeah. me up. When people try to encourage me or like, what is the word? I can't even think like flatter, I guess, or puff up. I'm like repulsed by it. Like I hate empty flattery more than anything in the whole world. So people say you're the best and I'm not the best. I'm like, that's, that's not true. Why would you say that? <laughs> but other people like love it and actually feel good about themselves. And I'm like, no, that's not great. <laughs> Speak <laughs> truth. Always truth for every eight I know. Truth. If they are a truth seeker, that's a pretty big signal they're an eight. That's so helpful. Yeah. And, and she's a good, she's good for me as a friend. I was going to just say, she's really good for me as a friend because, like I said, I hate confrontation. I don't really want anything to do with it. Sure, I'll take it. If you tell me something that I'm doing wrong, tell me. I do want to change. Like, I don't want to just stay being an idiot or whatever I'm doing wrong. Um, <laughs> But she's helped me to like, okay, it's actually a valuable asset to a good friend to tell the truth. It doesn't mean you're like fighting or the friendship's over. It's it's actually good because we're spurring each other on. We're, you know, iron sharpening iron, that kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the vulnerability piece is interesting because that's been my understanding with AIDS is that that's, they're not going to go there. Vulnerability mm -hmm. is a very scary place showing weakness. Um, but one thing I will say, I don't know if you've seen this, but I was listening to the podcast and they were like, there's a song for each Enneagram type. Go Google it. But I listened to it. I put it on the car for Jed to listen to. I was like, this song is about your type. Do you relate to any of it? And he was, I mean, he's like, does it basically say I'm awesome and the best and can do anything? Then it's caught on. But I'm right about everything because that's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
So I don't know if that'd be, I didn't like that they put it to like slow, sad music. It would be too much probably of a Debbie Downer for you, Ashley, but it was like deep and like really wanted to provoke emotion. I don't like stuff like that. I, so I read the lyrics to see if it was Mm -hmm. helpful, but anyway, it's out there for every type. Check it out if you think that'd be interesting, but Ashley now has, Ashley Unziger now has a task in her mind. I'm going to make Enneagram songs for every number. I know. I've already done it. I've already done it. (laughs) Okay. I want to hear those. Yeah. Okay. I'll send the link. I'll put it in the comments. Please do. That's awesome. So the next question, and some have already shared, but what is your spouse's type? Um, And then just to expound on that, how does that help in your marriage to understand them? And then how is that, um, that just the Enneagram in general helped you in your marriage? So your spouse's type, how's it helped you and created some understanding in marriage? So I'll I'll start, um, like I said, Jed's an eight, which is the challenger. I think it's given me some language, some understanding, ability to extend grace to him because he's not like me and him being another, you know, another Ashley would not be helpful to our marriage or to the world or to our kids. And then um, I think it's helped me understand like some of the abrasiveness of Jed is not personal. It's just the way he was built and designed um, that I can love when he's fighting on my behalf. But when it's on the other side, I can feel like it's very personal and not very nurturing. Um, And I don't want a lot of fluff, but sometimes it's like, whoa, that came as a zinger a little harder than I could have handled maybe and wanting him to maybe be a little gentler, but realizing that's the way he's wired. That's his DNA. That's the way God designed him. And as long as he's using that in a way that does honor God, then that I can extend grace to it. Um, so I think that's for me, how it's been helpful. He hasn't bought on, bought into it as much. He's, he really bought into um, Myers-Briggs. So we use that way more in our discussion, but um, Enneagram, he's resisted a good bit. But what about for you, Ashley? Um, so my husband, Todd, he has taken the test a few times now. Um, he's pretty even between three, seven, and eight, which is, I think, pretty typical. Those those guys can kind of go in that way. Um, but he took it again last night because we were doing this. I was like, just take it again. And he was a solid eight, um, also some three in there and some sets. So eight wing seven, I think, is what he would be. And I can totally see what you're saying with the abrasiveness especially after what I've told you that I can't stand. (laughs) Um, It came as a surprise to me because I thought he was, when we first got married, I would have had this been around, or I know it was around, but I didn't know about it. I would have thought he was a seven, super fun, loving, let's go on our trips, everything's great. But no, no, uh, he's definitely an eight and has the, he just has some of the uh, challenger in him, if that makes sense. Like he just, he likes to ask questions and, make sure that I'm genuine and and what do you really think? And I took that very personally for a long time. Um, So learning about that actually, you know, him asking questions is not ruining the party. It's the party for him. He loves, he loves to ask the questions. He likes to get in deep. And that doesn't mean that he's trying to like tear me down or ruin my life. (laughs) So That's been helpful. That's awesome. And I would think because Jed and Todd are good buddies that there's some common thread there because he's Jed's eight wing seven. So very similar to Todd. So that's really interesting. What about for you, Rachel? You shared your husband's a three. So Mm -hmm. talk to us about that. I think the like 
So I've heard that sevens and threes kind of spin things. Sevens, it, they kind of spin things to be positive when they're negative, you know, like here's this hard thing, let's paint it as a good thing and then everything will be fine. And then threes, you know, a challenge to them in life as the achiever is they're seeing it as an opportunity. And so I saw a lot of his spinning as an eight, I want truth above all. Um, and I also want to challenge others to be better, which it sounds like you poor women are married to eights, <laughs> but they're always making you better in their minds. Oh my gosh, that's gotta be exhausting. I feel so bad. <laughs> but uh, it was just, it was hard for me to hear him spin things. I felt like it was dishonest. And um, he's very, very good at sales and convincing people of things. and. For me, that was hard to receive, I think, and to maybe not receive, but just to approve of, if that makes sense. Exactly. Like, no, you cut it, cut it to the chase. Like, give it to me exactly accurately, mm -hmm. try to paint it differently, or like lessen whatever it is. I want, I want the whole cold hard facts. Give me the worst of the worst reality, and then we can work forward. Versus his, he's like, well, if I just kind of vaguely identify what happened then we can move on no no work to the root <laughs> no so it's been good to have this like uh language like i said i think earlier having common language to be able to identify this is why i'm behaving this way not wanting to be controlled when he feels out of control or like he's not achieving the way he wants to he often like hunkers down on other things this is an example. Hopefully he won't be mad at me for this, but if he has a bad day at work where he doesn't meet a goal or um, lost an account or didn't accomplish whatever it is that he wanted, he'll often open the door and come in and criticize and say, well, why wasn't this done this way? How could you do that? Is dinner not ready yet? Like blah, 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 blah. And he'll kind of hunker. Ashley's face. I wear it all. I wear it all. Sorry. <laughs> She's like, oh. Anyway, I used to, before the Enneagram, respond to those moments with like, you dominating butthead, I, how dare you come in here and criticize, I have been slaving all day, you know, and I would immediately, I think, Ashley Gronwald, you said a second ago, you took it personally, so I was taking his behaviors personally, like, I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, he's treating me like I'm not good enough for him, but now I see it as, oh, he has something in his life that he's not achieving what he wants because he's a three, he wants to achieve. And so therefore he's responding this way out of fear of failure. It's not a, it's not a you're the worst wife ever comment. It's a, my life is spinning out of control and I'm not accomplishing. And so I, it, it brings out an empathy in me rather than these guys <laughs> that usually come out pretty quick. <laughs> well, and I don't know if you've heard this, but three and eight, that pairing is called the power couple. And I always say like when we're walking in like tandem, walking in the spirit together, we are powerful together. But often we choose our fears, our insecurities, our selfishness, and then it puts us at odds. And so that can be challenging, but gosh, everything you're saying about him, I'm like, I could re relate to a hundred percent. I mean, when I'm doing a sales call, Jed is like repulsed and he's like, your voice changes an octave or you don't sound like your authentic self. And then he's like, and you talk so scripted or something. So I'll get off the phone. He's like, who are you? And I'm like, to me as a three, 
it's a performance that I, right, I, right. I mean, that it's still me, but it is a, you know, a performance. I'm going out on stage and it is a little bit more scripted. And to him, that feels phony and he doesn't like that. And I'm like, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I don't like the sound of the dogs barking or my kids crying while I'm talking to a person. And he's like, but that's real. So I'm going to let the dog bark and I'm going to have the kid crying while I'm talking on the phone. And I'm like, no way, no how. So it is interesting to hear you talk about your husband in, in that way. And just like, if I'm not selling houses, I'm selling my kids toys, which is really sad. I come home. I'm like, that's something I can control. I can't control these, this housing market, but your toys, they're going, get them out of here. Like <laughs> I'm next door, which is, yeah, coming like a tyrant and then very critical too, because I think I feel out of control. And so I'm going to just start criticizing what I mm -hmm. see. But yeah. uh, so good and so convicting all at the same time. So, and Ashley Unzucker is feeling sick because we're talking about all this deep, like, oh Let's I'm, okay. I'm over here practicing my stress exercises. It's <laughs> well, for one more fun question, how do you respond to parenting challenges? Maybe you could spin it, Ashley, different. How do you respond to parent, having fun as a parent? What does that look like? Um, okay, so in stress, which parenting can be very stressful, and in stress, when you're unhealthy in, a, in stress as a seven, you can go to a one. So I can be very critical and very ruly and everything has to be just so the house has to be perfectly clean your homework should have been done this way why why'd you do this how come this so that's pretty easy to see that happens quite a bit um in health though i would say with parenting we can go to a five which is the observer um and so there's a lot of like studying and stuff like that but like yesterday a really funny thing happened georgia forgot that she had that's my oldest she forgot she had a book report due this morning and so thankfully i think i'm healthy i don't know but i was like okay let's do it so what did that what did that end in we called all their friends took them all to target to go buy kites went to the park got sonic drinks party and the book report got done. So that is, I think, what parenting looks like as a seven, if done right. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. Um, what, about for you? what about for you, Rachel? Parenting challenges, how do you respond to them? Yeah, I think what Ashley was saying about like the health and the unhealth, mm -hmm. I really relate to that. So an eight as the challenger, when they're healthy, they're a justice warrior and they're standing up for the week and they're equipping others to be their best self and then unhealthy, they actually turn into the five uh, investigator who's, you know, studying mm -hmm. and reclusive. And so as a parent, I get real uh, Martin Luther King when I'm, you know, he's like the typical eight that they always talk about. I can be like, this is where we're going. These are our family pillars and we're headed this direction. And I believe in you and you're the best. Like, how can I help you? And then when I'm uh, unhealthy and investigative and uh, reclusive, I am just mean and I just isolate. And so I'll want to peace out and go do nothing and accomplish nothing. Uh, they talk about how the challenger as an eight, when they're unhealthy, they don't do self-care. They don't accomplish anything. They're just really lazy. And so I can relate to that in some ways. Not very often, but it does happen. Um, but I, more than anything, just get mean and um, condescending and, and like, that's not the way I raised you. Like, we're better than that kind of thing. So I would say in health, I really want to understand my children and listen to them and equip them for their best selves. And then in unhealth, I can be very dominating and 
condescending. And I need to be very cautious that I'm not taking their performance as something that's personal or anything about me at all, really. My job is to shepherd them to follow Jesus and to be, you know, productive members of society, hopefully, and clean, clean fingernails, all those things. <laughs> to do those things, not, you know, not condescend or have too high of expectations on them because I do that for myself and for everyone. Yeah, I, I, this question is so hard for me. I mean, my kids are a little younger, so I haven't had as much experience with myself as an Enneagram 3 and then as a mom, what that looks like. But I, I mean, I definitely see myself almost like in the Wizard of Oz where the wizard is behind the curtain and it's like he's got this big like, you know, expression of who he is is powerful. And then somebody, you know, the little dog Toto opens the curtain and it's like this little weak old man. And I feel like that with my kids, they expose weakness that I don't want people to see. And I'm like, don't look back there. We got it all together. Don't stop. See, this, this never happens at home. What Ellie and Parker are doing right now fighting, that does not happen. Yeah. It's a weird situation. You know, it's like, so I think, I respond and how can I not let people see that this is real and that I don't have it all together and which is fake. And I'm sure that makes you sick, Rachel and my husband as well. <laughs> Truth. And, you know, um, it's like my fear of being worthless or being found out that I'm not what I project to be now, sadly, trickles down my kids, which I hate that because I was trying to teach Ellie how to read. She's four, but she was able to do it and we were doing it. And then I just got mean because I'm like, she doesn't want to perform for me and she doesn't want to achieve like I did in school. And I asked Shed, I was like, is she more like you? And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and his mom was like, yeah, we'd be doing um, spelling words and he'd be bended over, you know, backwards over the couch looking under the couch for toys but still spelling but you know just totally. totally not focused and i'm like front of the class taking notes vigorously because i want to perform and achieve and so anyway i think this has even been helpful in that and seeing that ellie is not wired like me and if i try to make her like me we're going to be at odds with one another and it's going to be a rough road so like hoping to learn that early so that i can embrace her difference yeah. And not try to force her into the mold that I am. Mm -hmm. But it's have you, have you heard of the imposter syndrome? I've heard that this is like Enneagram 3's MO. Like they just always feel like they're not enough. Like kind of like the iron curtain. I've never heard that analogy, but that sounds a lot like what my husband has voiced is inside his head. He's like, if they find out the real me, they're not going to yeah. think I'm as great as they think I am. And I'm like, if they find out the real me, they'll be like, man, give her a promotion. Like, <laughs> and I totally relate with the imposter syndrome. And I think I, I even have anxiety as you talk about it. And we're talking about this live on Facebook because I'm like, so people might find out that I'm not everything that I want them to think I am. You know what I mean? And I talk about it, but it's like, even that gives anxiety of like, I mean, when I shared the curtain analogy of like, I've got this all together. This is a one-time thing. Um, is the imposter syndrome that someone would find out that I'm not what I have created them to think I am, which yeah. again, I feel like on a daily basis, Jed is trying to talk me through how ridiculous that is and unhelpful, but yes, the imposter syndrome, hundred percent. Have you ever heard that song wonderfully made by Ellie Holcomb? Maybe it sounds really familiar. You should listen to it when you're in one of those dark places. It makes me cry like nothing else. I like when I have to cry, I listen to that song because <laughs> I like haven't cried this week. So I need to cry. Um, it's really good. And it, it helps you like remember the truth that is in the Bible 
that you're wonderfully made, like made in God's image. And I have sent that to many of my friends that are either sevens or threes that have that. Yeah. They kind of have forgotten that they're made in the image of God and they're designed exactly as he wants them. And anyway, it's a really good one. That's so good. I will. I definitely will. So we have a couple more questions that we have a little bit more time that we'll, I, I'd love to see if we can get through them. Um, so what is your core motivation as your type? So motivation. And then can you give an example of how it impacts an area of your life? So I'll start, Ashley, the three. Okay. Motivation um, is, and this was just straight from the Enneagram like website I was looking at, is for attention and admiration as the performer, which makes sense, right? I want the attention, the admiration. So I see that even as a group act, um, group fitness instructor that I want people to look up to me and admire me, you know, so that I am what I, I'm like projecting. I want them to see me a certain way. So that's one way I see my core motivation played out just even in a hobby, which is group fitness. What about for you, Ashley? Yeah. Um, so for sevens, we want to, I'm going to just read it honestly, cause it's better than what I'm going to say. Um, it says that our core motivation is to maintain freedom and happiness, be excited and occupied, to avoid pain, avoid feeling bored, sad, or uninspired. <laughs> so everything's great. Um, so I guess in a negative way, this can affect me because sometimes I don't actually get the things done that I'm supposed to do. Like I had a really, I had a plan this morning of things I was supposed to do. And then Rach was like, Hey, want to go on a bike ride? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Obviously I want to go do that. <laughs> now I didn't make the plan with other people. So I didn't let anybody else down, but yes, I didn't do the thing I was probably supposed to do. So it was fun. Fun. so it was worth it. I had it fun and a good yeah. workout. <laughs> that's why I love like sevens, you know, for spontaneous things. Like, don't come to me for spontaneous because I have my week planned out and it's not changing. Right. I'm not a good person now Sunday, but I know who to go to when I want. <laughs> exactly. So, we won't let you down. <laughs> Rachel, what about for you? Um, I think that the core motivation for an aide is usually to be self-reliant or independent. Um, sometimes they'll say to dominate, but again, I, I don't relate to the dominating aspect of it, but to be important is is important to me or to be um, not important as in like, oh, look at how important they are, but uh, to be like a key part of the productiveness of a society or of a company or of like, I want to have impact. And so it's very hard for me when I'm doing mundane tasks. It has been like as a stay at home mom, like that was a very, very hard season for me to just see like, what is the point? What is the point? You brush the, you know, dirt off the shoes and then they're muddy five minutes later. I just, I couldn't get past that. So it's like uh, seeing the value in things um, and being like a valuable, productive part of whatever I'm a part of. Yes. To answer the question. I don't remember exactly. Yes. yes, it definitely does. And it makes so much sense. Well, our time is up and I so appreciate you guys sharing your journey and experience with the Enneagram. I hope this was helpful for people who are listening. Please, Ashley, share those Enneagram songs you were talking about. Um, but thank you again. It was so fun to chat and I'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.